On today's show, a super controversial subject, the age of the earth, according to the Bible. You are listening to Creation Talk, a creation.com podcast, proclaiming the truth to honor the creator while providing credible answers. I'm Dr. Robert Carter. I'm in the studio today with my dear friend, Lita Kosner. Hey, Lita. Hi, Rob. And we're going to be discussing something that you and I have struggled with, wrestled with, studied for untold number of hours, and that is the biblical age of the earth. So let me ask you a question. First off, why is this even important? Well, this is important because the Bible claims to be a book about history. And so when you look at other ancient documents, you see them talking about the gods doing things outside of time and space. The Bible yeah. is very different from that in that it puts God's actions on a map and on a timeline. And so while okay. the Bible doesn't primarily exist to give us a chronology of the earth, um, part of what it does as a historical document is it gives us chronological statements. And it's important that we take those statements seriously like anything else the Bible says. Okay, so if the Bible makes a statement about you know this number of years, this number of years, and that's wrong— that's a really important for our understanding of biblical inspiration, inerrancy, and things like that. Okay. So, if someone wanted to, to figure out how old the earth is according to the Bible, where are they going to go? Where, what parts of the Bible discuss this? Well, there are several places in the Bible that give us chronological statements, but the first place is in what we call the chronogenealogies. Those cool, are okay, the, big word. Chronogenealogy. Yeah, so basically, we know what a genealogy is. That's where you, this guy had the father, this guy, father, this guy. A chronogenealogy says Adam was 130 years old. Then he had Seth. Then he lived 700 years. Seth lived 103 years. He fathered Enosh and so on and so forth. Okay, so chrono means time. And a genealogy is a list of names. Yes. So it's a list of names that gives us a time frame. Yes. Okay, cool. I, I, I like that. Um, by the way, excellent article on creation.com called Chronogenealogies. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. Okay, so my next question then is, we have these chronogenealogies. Big word. We just learned it. A lot mm-hmm. of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of them are there in the Bible? Well, there are two of them. Genesis 5 takes us all the way from Adam to Noah. Okay. And then Genesis 11 takes us from Noah's son Shem through Terah and then and then Abram. Okay. We have these these long lists of names and all these dates. How do we link them together? Because you went to Noah and then you went to Shem. We have to read the Bible for clues of how old Shem was uh, when the flood came or how old Noah was when Shem was born and things like that. And then exactly. we can link them together. Exactly. There are some places where we have to use a little bit of interpretation. We have to make a few assumptions, but the Bible does give us enough information to allow us to create a timeline with very little uncertainty. Really, from 587 or 86 BC, that's when Judah went into exile in Babylon. Oh, I know. Why why'd all of a sudden you jump to 586 BC? Well, we were just in Adam and Noah. Because... That is a place where we really have a hard point of history where we can link 
a biblical event to a secular date. Okay, so so the Bible talks about the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem yes. very clearly, and history tells us about it also, and modern historians have pegged that to 586 or 587 B.C. Right. So and this is where we hang our chronogenealogy into history. Yes, and okay. the Bible gives us chronological statements about the reigns of the kings of Israel and Judah, how long they reigned. And that's and notoriously we, complicated. Yes. And, and fun to study, but... That's okay. another place where you have to make some assumptions where there's some, some interpretational decisions to be made. But I think the differences might amount to maybe 50 years. Yes. And I think they've. I think some scholars have gone through and figured it out really carefully down to probably a year or two. Yeah. But if you just start off and you try to do it yourself, you're going to come up to some differences yes. and have to figure out how to fix them. Okay. Yes. One thing with this whole topic that we're going to be discussing is that people have been studying this and trying to figure these things out for a long time, and they've come up with some brilliant conclusions. This is not something that you can just dive in yourself with just your Bible, ignoring everything everybody else has said, and come to solid conclusions. We need to listen to what other godly Christians have said throughout history. You and I have seen that a lot on YouTube, on Facebook, social media things. People thinking they found you know, the holy grail mm-hmm. of, of biblical timing, yeah, and really they just stumbled into something without really understanding the depth of discussion has already been done for yes. the past several thousand years. Yes, okay. it's really rare to come up with an absolutely new question to ask about scripture or a new solution to something you think is a problem. And so, when we have a historical view as far as looking at Okay, what conversations have people already had about this? Okay, so one of the conversations is how accurate can we get it? And we were asking, you know, how old is the earth? Well, how old is the earth and how close can we know it to be? Well, that depends on a lot of factors. Um, Overall, if you present the absolute worst case scenario— um, with all of the uncertainty you can possibly put in there, it's under 200 years, the worst case scenario. Okay, okay that's interesting. Now, but what uncertainties are we talking about? What do you mean uncertainty? Well, exactly I mean, how— Adam is 130 years when, when Seth is born. It's 130, right? Well, maybe once you get to 131 years, what does an extra 12 months matter? Why does it matter if Adam was almost 131? What does it matter if— um, if Seth was almost 103. And since most of those numbers end in a five or a zero, yeah, there might be some cultural counting issues we're dealing with. Yes. But there's more than that, though. The, the biggest question is, assuming those numbers are exactly right, 130, 135, 140, whatever the number is, um, when was Seth born? Not on Adam's birthday. Right. Sometime during his 130th year, which means 130 plus on average, six months. Yeah. And so we have this range of uncertainty that builds up every time there is a new date added to the timeline because we don't know how many months. We don't know if there's rounding involved. Scripture is as precise as it means to be. And so... Um, that means different things at different times. We know that scripture is capable of being very precise. Like when it's talking about the flood, we know down to the number of days how long the flood was. Okay. Um, but 
often scripture doesn't need to be that precise. It's not the purpose of scripture whoa, to be whoa, that whoa, precise. Whoa. You mean, wouldn't some people hear what you're saying and say, oh, therefore the Bible's got errors in it? Well, it's not an error. Like if I say I'm this number of years old, it can be accurate without being accurate to the precise amount of seconds old I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like I'm not 51 point, you know, five, six, seven, three, two, two. Because who cares? Just 51. Yeah. And okay. so scripture is as accurate is as precise as it means to be for its purposes. Okay. And we have to examine the context to see how precise that is. Okay, so big question. What is the purpose of the Bible? Is it to give us a chronology of Earth's history? No, it's the purpose of the Bible is to tell us how God created, how he has worked in relation to his creation, and ultimately it's to tell us about Christ. Okay, so the purpose of the Bible... It's to teach us about Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, the backstory in Genesis and, and Exodus and, and all those books is really good to know. Yes. But the purpose of the books is not to teach us exactly how old the earth is down to the day. Right. It does have chronological details that we can use to build a, a picture of history. Yes. But it's not, if we're saying we can't know it down to the day or even to the year, we're not saying the Bible has errors. It's just not the purpose of the text to teach us down to the year. Right. Just as it wasn't the purpose of the creation account to tell us how God created electrons. Ah, good point. You're right. You're right. Okay. So, we have this Bible. It's full of numbers. The numbers are, you can add them up. Yes. If you add them all up, or for, no, before we even get there. We have this Bible. We can add up all the numbers. How do we get from Adam in the beginning to today, or let's say to the time of Christ, or 586 BC, how do we get there? The chronogenealogies genealogies only get us to Abraham. Right. So certain statements in Exodus allow us to tell how long it was from when Jacob went down to Egypt to when, when Moses Egypt. led them out of Egypt. Okay. And then when Solomon built the temple, it said that that was... 480 years. Yeah, 480 years. To the day. To, yeah, to the day. And so that obviously intends to be a very precise measurement. Okay. Well, 480 years from what? From the Exodus. Okay, so we have Adam to Noah, Noah to Abraham, Abraham to Moses, Moses to Solomon. Yes. And then we have all the king lists. Yes. In, in Chronicles and Kings of how long each of these guys reigned. 586 BC. Yes. Wow. So we actually know how old the earth is. Yes. That's crazy. Okay, according to the Bible, how old is it? Well, that depends on that range of uncertainty. Okay. So it, it's a little over 6,000 years old. Okay. I'd say 6,200-ish. Yes. Okay. Plus or minus a few decades. Yes. Okay, maybe a few centuries even. Okay, I'm happy with that. Um, but there's a famous date. 4004 BC. 4004 BC. What is that number? Where does that come from? Well, there was a brilliant scholar called Archbishop James Usher. Yes. He was a brilliant man who wrote this really huge book called The Annals of the World. And I've read that. Excellent book. Amazing. We actually carry it in our store if people want to read it. That's true. And he... He basically attempted to link 
all of biblical history and all of secular history together and give everything in the Bible a date. They tried to pin it down to a date. And he pinned creation down to 4004 BC. This was an amazing work of scholarship. He did make interpretive decisions, as we all do when we interpret the Bible. But it probably wasn't exactly 4004 BC. It's well within the range of all the the things we've already talked about. Yes. You can't be that precise. Exactly. Okay, but he also made an assumption. One of the classic arguments is how long were the Israelites in Egypt? Some people say 430 years. Some Some people say... 215. Because the promise started with Abraham. Exactly. And and Usher took the 215-year route, which a lot of scholars have done. Yes. So that shaves off 215 years right there. Oh, wait a second now. We're talking about a couple of hundred years difference from one decision. Mm -hmm. There's something else we hear about a lot. And it's a bigger difference. The Mm -hmm. single biggest difference in all biblical chronological studies is the Masoretic versus... The Septuagint. Uh, What's the Septuagint? The Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. Okay. So we have the Bible also in Greek. Yes. Shouldn't it be the same? They just translated it? Well, you never just translate a text because when you translate a text, there are interpretive decisions. That's right. You go to different languages. You have to wrestle with some things. Okay. And this is a much bigger topic, but... In some places, it looks like somebody made intentional systematic changes to the text. Excuse me, what? Well, the Septuagint's um, numbers in Genesis 5 and 11 give us a substantially longer timeline. (coughs) How much longer? About 1,600 years. Whoa, that's a lot. Yes. Okay, now now are these just like typographical errors, a sloppy scribe? Doing something? No, not at all. The reason why I call them intentional systematic changes is, for instance, when the Hebrew text says Adam was 130 years old and he fathered Seth and he lived 800 more years and he lived a total of 930 years. Okay. The Septuagint says Adam lived 230 years, he fathered Seth, and he lived 700 years, he lived a total of 930 years, and he died. Two of those numbers are different, and they're different by exactly 100 years. Exactly. And you see the same thing with Seth. He lived 105 years in the Hebrew. He lived 205 years in the Septuagint before he fathered Enosh. You see these intentional systematic changes, but because there's a total lifespan in Genesis 5, they were careful to adjust it so that it still added up to the same age. Wow. Okay, so this is is a huge debate. Yes. I know the audience might not know, but you and I have written several important articles on the Masoretic Septuagint debate, which will be linked in the show notes. But it sounds like we're going to have to have another long discussion on Septuagint. Yes. This is going to be fun, but I think we've got to tap the table it for now. Yes. Okay, so we'll get back to this. We promise you we'll be back with another one on this subject. But to sum up here, the age of the earth is scripturally important. Yes. It's calculatable, figureoutable. I don't know. It, it, you, we can figure it out. Um, there are interpretive decisions that have to be made. Yes. There are some big decisions that affect the date by centuries. And we know approximately, at least in, in the Hebrew Masoretic Bible, that it's 
6,000 plus a few years old. Yes. All right. That's, that's really good to know. A lot of people probably don't even know how these numbers come about. Um, if you need more information, creation.com is a great repository of articles on the subject. If you want to comment on this, do yourself a favor first and review some of the background material because you might be surprised if you make a comment that is it a comment we hear a lot. You might get a, um, a sharp reply from another person who has actually read these articles. Um, so this is really fun stuff. We love studying the Bible. We hope you love studying the Bible also. We want you to dig deeply, not on the, just on the surface. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.